act actually actually I I fucked up there. I opened. It. Oh. <laughs> so I can go I can go get another can. Nope, that's going to okay. the show. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Hey there and welcome to another episode of Are You Ready for Another? The ongoing conversation about life, beer and what lies ahead. I'm Michael Moyer and I'm Kevin Murphy. Tonight I am drinking a very delicious beer. It is the Greenbrier Valley Brewing Company out of West Virginia. This is the Mothman Black IPA beer. And um, for people that are unaware, the Mothman is a cryptoid uh, for, uh, you know, that this giant Mothman-like creature that supposedly isn't evil. Like, it just, it tries to warn people of impeding doom. Um, There's a famous story of people seeing it in the 60s, and then there was a big bridge collapse that happened, and then nobody saw it anymore for, like decades um but the uh the the top of the the can says mysterious mothman said still at large (laughs) didn't didn't they make a movie of that it's called the mothman prophecies with richard Gere. oh okay i've never i've never seen it actually i i would recommend seeing it it's a very um it is creepy the the film it's not like a a scary movie it's it's not like a horror movie it's a I don't know. It just has very. It kind of puts you on edge. Some of right. the scenes. Is it creepy like Donnie Darko creepy? Yes, exactly. Like when you see the bunny rabbit and Donnie Darko, and it's like talking to him. You're like, I'm not outwardly like, oh my god, run away, you know. But it's just this unsettling unease, right? Um, that's exactly like it. Uh, okay. But, uh, what makes it a black IPA? Um, I think it's a black ale. And then they and then they add hops in to have like a hop forward taste and stuff. I could be wrong on that, but it's it's dark, um, but it's it's good. So my first beer tonight it it is a Braxton Brewing uh, Company, and it is Tropic Flare. It's a New England style uh, IPA. Um, so it it's um. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I gotta, right, wait. I gotta wait. work on it. I gotta no, work no, on it. No, no, no. We just need. I need a bell. Right. I'm gonna get a bell sound, and every time you say it's pretty good, I'm just gonna go ding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it it has it does have um like on their website it has you know a multitude of juicy citrus and pineapple flavors, so it kind of have has that sweetness to it. Um, it also ha- has has uh, kind of a lighter on the hoppy taste to it um but it's it's i like it it it's out of um covington uh kentucky which is just the other side of the ohio river this uh braxton brewing company so on my can and you know what this was explained to me uh i remember at one of the breweries we toured but i cannot Remember for the life of me, and and I just want to see if 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 you know without having to Google it. Um, what does IBUs mean? Like when they give it an IBU rating, it's the International Bitter Unit, I believe. Uh, okay, so a higher number means what? I'm guessing more bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure IPAs are on the higher end of the scale of of bitters because if you think about it it originally was india pale ale and i even remember the commercials from the 90s like bitter beer face you know and like 
Do you remember that dude that would like I suck do. his? <laughs> I do. I don't think he had any teeth. That's why he was able to suck his mouth in. Exactly. He, yeah. And so it was probably this like it, it was a it was a brilliant campaign to be in like oh yeah bitter beer is bad well because yeah if you're drinking shitty Bud yeah Light you're right and it's gone bad it's gonna be really bitter right <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah Keystone Light beer commercial from 1995 it was a Keystone Light commercial <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> that is awesome you're waiting for your blind date you're scanning the room. You've got minty, fresh breath, and your oozing charm. Then it hits you. Larry? <laughs> oh, bitter beer face! Don't let bitter beer make a bad first impression. Drink Keystone, America's least bitter beer, so there's never a bad taste, never a bitter face. Take this. It's always brought me luck. Stop making faces. Drink Keystone. I feel like I've seen that guy in other other things before he his face looks really familiar the, the bitter beer face guy or the other yeah guy? yeah the bitter <laughs> beer face guy i'm i'm sure that's his stick right like and they're like tonight on jay leno we've got bitter beer face man <laughs> all right i've looked it up kevin um ivy used the international bittering unit scale okay so you're close yeah, right yeah okay i said bitterness i think but used to approximately quantify the bitterness of beer the scale is not measured on the perceived bitterness of the beer but rather the amount of iso alpha acids i came to this this question and and we have this thing in our house it's um it's called table topics and and they make all kinds of uh, fun ones they make ones for families but they also i think make more adult themed ones but it's just kind of a way to like start conversations or or break the ice but so i was kind of thumbing through these these table topics and i came off on a good one that i thought we could maybe get started with tonight and the the question goes which three objects would you save in a house fire so you you're roused from your your slumber and your your smoke alarms going off your house is filling with smoke you're like, we need to get the F out of here, but I need to grab these three things. <laughs> and and we'll we'll add a add a, a add a modifier here that, you know, things like pets or or human family members, they don't really count because those are like obvious things. We're we're talking more materialistic items that that may have more of a sentimental value than actual material value, but yeah, sorry, sorry, daughter, um, I've got to yeah. go save this guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I've had it longer than I've had you. Right, right. <laughs> you're like you're you're running back into the the firing, you know, the house that's on fire. You're like, I got to get my guitar. It's like, what about the baby? Yeah, we can make another one. <laughs> yeah, and and obviously we're also. We're not being practical, right? We're not saying right. get your billing documents and, you know, that type of stuff. This is purely sentimental items that... Um, that basically cannot be replaced because if you would replace it... Exactly. It still doesn't have, like, the memories or, or kind of the, the sentiment to it that yeah, it, it's, it it's would. Not, it's not your thing. Yeah, so why don't you kick it off? Uh, what is the first thing... Well, and actually, well, let's let's ask that question. Do you want to rank the things, or you just want to say these are three things that I would take? 
you you know what I think I think I'm going to rank them, and so I'll start I'll start with number three, and and so the the third most important thing in in this uh, category would be um, when we had done our uh, big European trip, and so we had um, we had started in London, we went to uh, Belgium. We spent a day in France. We were in Germany. But so Bel- Belgium and Germany are, are really well known for, for the, the breweries and, and the, the beers and stuff. So I, and, and I think I brought this up on a previous episode when I was talking about like hyper, hyper local beers, how like one in there's, there's places in Germany where it's just like you go to this restaurant slash brewery and it's just like they just serve that particular beer and that is the only place you can get that beer um so in some of those places we had gotten um the like the beer glasses that they serve them in and there are these really cool beer glasses they're they're not what you think like a, a traditional pint glass looks like they're very slender um you know uh, i i'm not sure how many ounces are in them. I, I, I've never measured them. I know on the actual beer glasses, they measure it in milliliters. So mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't know, like maybe 50 milliliters or something like that. But these, these beer glasses are unique to this particular restaurant brewery. And so we had gotten a few of those that we had, you know, visited, um, when, when we were in Germany. So I would, I would say that those glasses, Yes, they could be replaced. You could you could potentially order them online or or you know, you could do another trip or something, but I think the fact that it was like that was the the first time I had ever kind of experienced life outside of the United States um kind of holds a lot of lo- mm-hmm. a lot of memories with you know, with those particular beer glasses. So that would be number 3. Yeah, so my number three, I think, well, before I go into what would be my sentimental materialistic possessions, I I, I think if you had asked me before I moved to D.C., I would have a completely different outlook on what to take. Moving to D.C., not only did I go through a phase of, do I really need this in my life? And can I take a picture of it and be fine with just seeing that picture? And I did that with a lot of stuff. Uh, I purged video games out of my life. I purged, you know, tons of different stuff, magazines, et cetera, magazines that I kept for years. Right. Um, And, (laughs) and then when we moved to DC, I got my bike stolen. And the first thing, and I don't know if you've ever gotten anything stolen, but you know, you get a police report and then you, you file the report and since it's stolen, the insurance agency wants to know, when did you buy it? Do you have the receipt? Do you have uh, proof that you had it in your possession if you don't have the receipt? All, all this stuff. Like, do you have a picture of it? Do you have a picture with the serial number? All, all these things. And, of course, I didn't have that stuff. I mean, I had a picture of the day I bought it. Um, and, thankfully, the uh, bike shop that I bought it from had a record of that receipt. So, they were able to send me the uh, PDF version of it. <clears throat> So immediately I was like, you know what I need to do is for all my stuff that I kind of care about, whether it's electronics or music instruments, et cetera, 
I need to go through just like my concert list and I need to make just a giant list, get photos. Uh, if I had the receipt, put it somewhere, not physical, uh, put it anywhere physical. I have to upload it in multiple places, just like you're backing up your computer. So I have a list of just like everything I can think of whenever I get something that's expensive, like our new camera that we got for taking pictures of the baby, I've got pictures of it. I've got pictures of it showing its serial number. I have the receipt and I have it in multiple locations. Right. And I have it just listed here and stuff. And so what that really made me do was like take an inventory on what I kind of feel is important in life um, to, to keep if, if, if a fire happened and it destroyed everything. And I could go through this list, and not only is it monetary, like, I'd be able to go through and say, hey, um, insurance company, my Ibanez TS9 that I bought from Sam Ash on August 9th, 2003 for $99.99, that needs to be replaced. And it needs to be replaced with a like-minded version because the TS9s have changed over the years, right? So they'd just be like, oh, yeah, here's 100 bucks for the, the new TS9. No, that's not going to cut it. I need a early 2000s TS9 that's slightly different than what's made today, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it, it might be cheaper, it might be more expensive, but it's it's like that's how you kind of have to approach a lot of this stuff. Um, and and what's, what that's made me do is like kind of... <sighs> I, I truthfully, I wouldn't care if I lost the TS9, right? But 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 it, but it's one of these things that I've. It just made me take inventory on absolutely everything and be like, yeah. well, we have this thing, we have this thing, and it's like, oh yeah, there is quite a bit of money in in in, in different aspects of my life. So right. with that long um, <laughs> forward, I would say number three on my list is my grandfather's trumpet. It is a, I think. It's an early 1930s. It's either like 31 or 32 mm-hmm. trumpet um, okay. that he played when he was a youth. And it is not in the greatest shape. There's lots of, um, um, shoot, what happens to old like brass um, Like things. patina? Yeah, yeah. Lots of like patina and, and, and wear on it and stuff. I'm uh-huh. sure it could be repolished and stuff. But, but it's just something, you know, it's like my dad's had it forever. He mm-hmm. wanted me to have it in my one music room the one time and stuff. So I think it's like an important thing, not just because my grandfather, but because my dad um, gave it to me then to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of this cool piece of history and stuff. And since it's a trumpet, I mean, it still plays like a trumpet. It's kind yeah. of yeah. kind of bent in some parts and stuff, but it's, it's <laughs> definitely seen. It's definitely been loved and used. But it's right. a perfect example right. of if this got lost. I would say, oh, yeah, there's a 1931 so-and-so trumpet, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, here's a few hundred dollars for it. But, like, I don't really care about the money at that point, right? Uh It's it's this physical version that my grandfather touched, and then my dad played when he was little before he got his first trumpet and stuff. Right, right. So, yeah, so that's number three on my list. Do you know anything, like, with your grandpa, like, regarding that trumpet? Like, did he... Did he just play it in high school? Like, do you know any of the story of him playing this no. trumpet? Nope. Nope. I, okay. know, I know more of my dad's story of him huh. playing in trumpet than I do my grandfather's. Wow. You know? So, like, your your grandfather could have very well have, like, 
played taps at a military funeral for oh, World yeah. War Two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he could have. You know, I don't. I, I won't say that he he did, but yeah. Yeah, it has a serial. I'm guessing this is the serial number. There's a little B on it, and I believe I looked it up before. It's a French trumpet, um, but there's a number stamped in the side three seven six three. Okay, and um, I'll need to look into, uh, you know, what that means. If that right. was a serial number, if there's something right. about the date, maybe it was 1937. You know that that it was made, but um, okay. Do you, you know. do you think he may may have bought it like during the war? No, I, I know no. He, he, that that was definitely before uh, oh, okay. he was in okay. uh, World War Two and stuff. So okay, he had this when he was definitely. Um, let's see, he was born in nineteen nineteen. So, if just looking at this number, if the thirty seven means the year, which it probably doesn't, don't know. That yeah. means he would have been what sixteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. It, it would be cool if, and I mean, there'd be no way to to ever find out this this story and. It kind of goes back to like why we're telling these stories, um, but like you know, just be like, oh, this is my grandpa's trumpet. You know, when he was in uh, France, you know, patrolling during World War Two, he had <laughs> visited this local trumpet store. You know, like that'd be cool if yeah. if like there was like some type of like history like that. All right, so what's your number two on your list? <sighs> so y- you know what I I feel like, and I had thought of this. And I'm trying, I'm trying to um, keep it to three. And so this this would be really hard. My number, my my number two, because I feel like there's two things that I could go between. And so, what is more important? And I would say that the more important object would be. I still have the very original. Um, Game Boy that came out that I got as a kid mm-hmm. and why I think this object like I I don't even know it, it probably doesn't even the the screen's probably dead at this point I don't even know if it, it turns on anymore but I think if you were trying to summarize my childhood into one object it would probably be this Game Boy because not only does it represent like me like playing games and all the stories that that we had about playing games and stuff but i still remember like being in my bunk bed and like playing tetris you know and i remember you know game boys weren't even backlit back then so it was just like they had all these accessories that would allow you to be able to like see it in low light and you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. so i feel like the the original game boy would be the kind of the quintessential this is my childhood object. Yeah. However, there is another object, actually four of them, that I have actually right here in my office. And it is the Marvel versus DC comic books. Wait, that... wait, wait. So you're, you're already breaking us out of the top three things you would take? You're, you're saying I, I have... I I have th- three things with a slight asterisk. <laughs> yeah. No, well that no, it's more. This is this is what I bobble but bobble between. Oh, okay. Do God. I take the do I take the Game Boy or do I take the Marvel versus DC Ugh, comic yeah. books? Yeah. And I that's why I said that get the Game Boy, even though the comic books are definitely like 
heck we bought them because we're like these are going to be worth a fortune <laughs> one day you know <laughs> and I, yeah i don't think they're worth too much but right. you know it's one of those things where uh, but you know. they're in mint condition because literally <laughs> they were never read they were put into a sleeve yeah. and stored away yeah yeah so this was a crossover series uh, between dc comics and marvel comics back in april to may of 1996 um, there's only four issues. That's crazy. I thought there yeah. was more issues than that, but yeah, just four. Yeah, so you had big pairings like Batman fighting Captain America, Wolverine fighting Lobo, and mm-hmm. uh, all, all these things. I think the Hulk fought Superman. I I'm not sure what it was, but then there was this weird thing where they kind of merged, you know, the characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. That's pretty fun. That's that's fun that you still have them because I have no idea what happened to mine. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of my comics, um, and it was probably around that that time when I was kind of in the comics. You know, I, uh, I just I I don't know what happened to them. I I couldn't tell you if I was like, oh, I don't need these anymore, and like I don't I I don't think I would throw them away. I, they probably got sold at a, a yard sale or something without my knowledge. I just I don't know. So I I've no. Yeah, that that period of my life with comics is just completely blank. And uh, similar to last episode when you're like, oh, man, you're reminding me of stuff that I completely forgot about. It it would take someone in my family mentioning something. I'd be like, oh, my goodness, you're right. That did happen. And, you know, just to kind of kickstart it and stuff. But right. (laughs) But but yeah, like mine, I remember because we we got them and I think it was. Do you, do you remember the the name of the comic book store? Was it like Big Owls or something like that? I think it was like Big Owls. It Big Owls comic book store. Big Gay Owls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's no. where I'm pulling that from. No, I, I, I could. So I literally, for our listeners, I, I was not into comic books. I was just getting these because I knew they were going to be worth a fortune one day. <laughs> so I bought it and I literally put it in its sleeve and, and it has read it. <laughs> and it it has not left this sleeve, you know. So I'm hoping, you know, like when I die, somebody's gonna be like, look at this mint condition Marvel versus DC series one, you know. <laughs> and then and then my uh my beneficiaries can get all all the bank from yeah. my uh, Marvel vs. DC comic books. So I I kind of find it funny that everybody is just losing their freaking mind with uh, Avengers Endgame. Because I feel like I'm completely out of the loop with the whole Marvel uh, movie. Like, I have not... I saw... The first Iron Man and the second Iron Man, and that is the extent of my Marvel. Mo- yeah, that is it. I have not. I have not seen anything else, and so it's just funny how they're like, "Oh, it's going to break a billion dollars," and I'm just like, "Man, I completely feel like I am just. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure they're great movies. I just, I just don't really have a like. Oh, I got to go see it." You know, they're they're fun. I, I I would say this. I'd say they're fun movies, and if you're not interested, they're f- really fun movies to watch when they come on Netflix. Okay, right? Like, right? Um, 
and the funness about it is not just like the style of the movie, but also that they literally built this thing up over 12 years or whatever with the first uh-huh. Iron Man, you know, uh-huh. it was this post credit scene with Samuel Jackson and it was just this little, Hey, we'll see if this works. But then this, this movie is the culmination of all those movies, right? This is okay. what it's been leading to. Hence the okay. name end game. Right. And right. I, it's like every single movie, they have like 20 some movies, right? <laughs> up to uh-huh. this point <laughs> is like referenced in this movie. And it's like, that's okay. never done, you know, <laughs> like, like you, yes, Bond has 20 some movies, but, but it's not like it's one overarching story. You know? Right. And right. Right. It, 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 it's, so it's kind of wild in that this has never really been done before. And, and okay. it, it, it's doing its stuff, but so like, is this, you, you say it reference other movies. So is this essentially like, like referring back to like different movies and different, you know, like oh this this happened three years ago yeah. in this oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. So we're, this is we're, essentially the twenty second ish sequel to, to Iron Man one. Okay. okay, like like yes, Iron Man one had one two three, but when Captain America happens, uh huh, it, it references what's happening in the Iron Man movies, right? I mean, it is a comic book. You know, right, like, right. In every sense of the word, they took what happens in comic books and then they have this big come together, you know, crossover thing with all the other movies. And that's what the Avengers movies are. Uh huh. And they did it with movies. You know, it's just like this crazy thing. And that's why you, you have people like DC trying to do it with with Superman. Uh-huh. But they rushed it instead of having 20 movies to build up to this billion dollar movie right they were right. like oh we had a, a fairly successful superman movie let's go ahead and go ahead and have the next one be batman versus superman yeah like that should yeah. have been like the fifth movie right you should uh-huh. have had like two new batman movies you should have had two or three super like you need to build that stuff and then they're like oh yeah instead of us just having batman versus superman let's go ahead and tease that we're going to have the justice league movie next okay so it's going to be called <laughs> batman versus superman dawn of justice like okay <laughs> and then the third movie was justice league and so it was it it rushed it they they were like oh let's yeah. get it on this and right you know right. and so i i don't know they're they're not they're po- they're they're the, the definition of popcorn flicks to me right uh-huh. they're uh-huh. they're not offensively bad they're not overwhelmingly amazing um there's not a single one that I'm like, oh yeah, you should watch this movie tomorrow, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. There, there might be a few I could recommend, but right, it's more the the spectacle of this thing actually working over twenty some movies, right? Like, <laughs> and that it's just kind of wild. Um, yeah. All right. So, Michael, I've told you what my number two is. What would you say? Yeah, the the house is ablaze. You you got to get out. What are you grabbing? What's your number two object? Yeah, so there's a lot of sentimental stuff between Katie and I. But because our relationship has been so steeped in this new digital world, like we have lots of photos and stuff, Mm -hmm. I already have those backed up and I can just get them reprinted (laughs) at various places. Um, So I was trying to think of, I was like, okay, what, what things can't easily be replaced. Um, and a lot of the stuff that Katie and I own can be pretty easily replaced again, barring any humans or animals. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but there is, there is one print 
that I think I would need to save. And okay. it's not to say that I couldn't get a, a new version of it. But ah. it, but this particular version has quite a bit of history to it. And it's the it's called The Jam, Part 1, A History. Um, <laughs> and I, I shared the link to it. Um, it is a poster on wood no no it's like it's not a wood it's like a composite um like a laminate wood type yeah thing. yeah but it's a print on one side and you can see there's just lots of rock and roll faces on it you got jim morrison you got all of pink floyd ray mm-hmm. charles elvis elton john stevie nicks lots and lots of people on here now um, why this is important to me is is we in my first band, Dutch Uncle, we carried this to every single show we played. And I don't know why. We we just put it in front and it, and it came yeah. to every single show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that's part of the story. But the second part of the story is my sister actually bought this. And I think she bought it when she was in California. So she okay. bought this giant thing in California. It was probably not cheap then because it's not cheap now. Yeah. <laughs> like if yeah. you, you can get a poster of it. And it's like twenty, thirty bucks. But if you get this like laminate version from the guy himself, it it is not like it's like two or three hundred bucks, you know? Huh. Um Yeah. So it's kind of beat up, it's worn on the sides, you know, like it, 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 it it's it's not pretty at all. And there's been several times where I'm like, oh, I should just donate it, you know, uh, every time we move to DC or whatever. And I remember my dad being like, No, I'll I'll hold on to it for you. You know, you, you shouldn't get rid of this. So it's mm-hmm. got like yeah, a, a triple arc, right? It's like it, you know, it was purchased from Leanna. She didn't want it anymore. Um, I take it we had it in our practice room for a while, and it came with us to every single show. We'd put it in the front, and then you know, and then my dad kept it for me when I moved mm-hmm. away for a while. And one other aspect I completely forgot about was when, <laughs> so I was in 4-H growing up, <clears throat> and. You know, the typical what 4-H is, is you raise cows and, you know, sheep and, you know, it's a farming thing. <laughs> you know, it, it's it. But growing up, I only ever knew it as a cool place to do electricity and electronics type stuff because yeah. my brother <laughs> was in a, in a group called Volts, Bolts and Jolts. And it was run by the head of Claypool Electric in Lancaster at the time. Okay. And, and all they did was cool like oh you're gonna build a lamp and you're gonna do this electrical grid and you you gotta have a car Mm -hmm. uh, go on electricity it was just really cool right and so me growing up yes i knew 4-h had all these other things Mm -hmm. like farming and raising cows and all this stuff (laughs) that you see at the county fair but it wasn't until volts bolts and jolts um died Right, that I had to join another uh, 4-H group that was like a hardcore 4-H group. Like it was, it was definitely, you know, the traditional 4-H mantra of <laughs> animals and you know, sewing and that type of stuff. Well, anyways, I could still do some of my stuff, which was under the quote unquote miscellaneous category. So that's where you generally got mm-hmm. away with doing stuff. Well, one of the things I wanted to do was draw. And so I actually drew, I don't remember how I picked them. Like, I think I originally, my it, my mind, I was going to draw every single face from this, the jam poster. Okay. Um, but then I, I was like, this is going to take way too long. So I, I had like Jim Morrison on there. I had um, um, 
uh, Pink Floyd members. I think I had, you know, a few other people. And then I was kind of like, yeah, I think I'm dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just remember like presenting this to the 4-H group. And this was a huge... So Volts, Bolts, and Jolts was probably like 10 kids, maybe 15. This mm. other 4-H group was like 100. It was a massive group. And like you were a member of it for a bit, remember? Like for mm-hmm. a hot yeah. minute. Oh, yeah. Um, and... What did you do for it? Do you remember when the, I, that year? Because I was there for I, like two or three years before you joined. So I did um, rockets, and I remember, uh, right. and I remember at the time there was rocket. So you would shoot off these rockets, and essentially the the rocket would come down in in two pieces, I believe. Yeah, um, the, yeah, because the, the bot. <laughs> Yeah, the the body would separate the the, the cone of the rocket would right. uh, have you know a different part. And it would let the parachute fall out. Yeah, and, yeah, know, yeah. So I remember at the time the like super fancy rocket was one that actually had a camera mm-hmm. that would take like three or four pictures when it was like at its peak, you know, height. And it's just funny to think, like, I thought that was, like, insane. It would take pictures when it was up there. <laughs> and now we have these DJI Mavic Pros that can record 4K. You know, it's just, like, it's it's insane to to think how far how far we've come there. But, but yeah, so I had to, like, I, to, to be honest with you, I don't remember, like, what I was judged on. I think, like, I had to, like... Yeah explain like the process of like uh-huh. this you know this is how you fire it or something <laughs> like that but yeah so uh, yeah i did it for two years rocketry and what you did was you had to build the rocket which just essentially was a cardboard tube i mean they're they could look really cool yeah. nice and stuff yeah but a cardboard tube that you you would have this um essentially fireworks in the butt of it right that you would light and that would launch this thing off this like metal pole and then you know after it got after a certain point it would push out the the parachute and then it would fall down um so what you were judged on was your your craftsmanship which should be pretty easy because they're like kits right um, but then the other thing you had to be judged on is you would actually launch the rocket and you you tried to, it was almost like a bullseye. You tried to get close to land, quote unquote, the rocket close to the bullseye. Um, and I actually placed first when I was nine, completely making up my, because you remember you could move the pole, you know, you had it straight up, you could move it a little left, you can move it a little right. And I was just like, yeah. And there was like some some wind, and I had my Lamborghini shirt on. My mom still has that photo of me, like win, winning, quote unquote, the, the oh yeah, the nine year old uh, rocket thing. And and I like just completely just guessed, and it was like all these people with their giant rockets and fancy rockets. It was like going a mile away because it was yeah. so windy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I completely forgot about that 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 rocketry thing. So there is a restaurant. There's three here in Columbus, but there there's kind of. Uh, scattered all over the country and it's uh bj's a uh, restaurant and brewery and so they have a um ipa that is really good that they they put in their um in their cans and it is called if i could get it out of the damn koozie it's called hop storm ipa 
and uh the the cover is kind of fun because it's like this old like christopher columbus ship that's like going through this storm but um hmm. yeah it's uh have you ever been to to, to bj's in columbus <sighs> i don't know you there's, have to have taken me i think yeah there's one at polaris there's one at tuttle and the third one is i'm trying to think where's that third one at i don't remember but anyways, they have they have lots of different food on their menu. Their their pizza, they're kind of known for their pizza. It's kind of like semi deep dish, I would say. Um, but they have like they make the, all of their own beers there. So they have probably five to ten different uh, unique beers that they they brew there. Okay, and it's just BJ uh, apostrophe S, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it looks like they've got three in Columbus. They're definitely an Ohio thing because, yeah, they've got two in Dayton, two in Cincinnati, four mm-hmm. around Cleveland, and one up right. in Toledo. Um, and and oh, I it looks looked... like one's in Easton. Um, oh, yeah, that, that that's what I was forgetting, Easton. Easton yeah. is their newest location, yeah. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, they have a they have a they have locations in other states but it's just like like if you click on florida it's like they have one one place in florida so yeah. i i don't know if they were started here but yeah well um, they, yeah they definitely seem to yeah. have a lot here so right right so what's your second beer for tonight my second beer is mad tree brewing and i i wonder how they want you to pronounce it so it's or it's spelled psychopathy right but it's okay. the hop is emphasized so it's probably ah. psychopathy <laughs> you know psychop yeah no that's so weird because i looked at that that beer tonight when i was trying to pick out the beers for tonight i looked at that one it's getting hard do you think it's getting hard like <laughs> like that's just <laughs> is that what she said <laughs> yeah no i'm just so so listeners, I had went to a kind of a local market up here in Columbus. Um and they they actually have an awesome selection. They even had um um the names escaping me. Um the the Lancaster Brewery. The the like big one. God, it's like River Ridge or Rock Mill. That's it. Rock Rock Mill. So this this local market even had Rock Mill in cans, which I didn't even know that existed. So it's a great little place. Um, it's called Hills Market. It's at the end of 315 um, on the north side. So I, I went there, and I literally looked dead square in the eyes of uh, saw whatever psychopathy or <laughs> whatever what what is your beer again i uh, know i think i think you had it right psychopathy because <laughs> it's it's hoppy it's like their take on the dogfish head uh like you know 90 minute ipa i think that's kind of yeah, what it yeah. Me of. yeah but th- they had a lot of like really really interesting ones that i had i hadn't heard of yeah um but i need to because kind of back to what i was saying i need to create and and i actually i want to do this because i 
I would enjoy doing this, but I want to create a uh, another tab in our Excel sheet and just have like episode one, boom, boom, episode two, boom, boom, because there's something like when I was looking at the beers, I was just like, I think maybe, <laughs> you know, I've drank, you know, like it, it's getting to the point where you, you kind of forget like, you know, which ones you've, you've had and, and things like that. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. and that's why I am using that new Tavor app, and I've got a crate with way too expensive of beers yeah. in my crate. <laughs> I accidentally purchased a $30 bottle. Oh, man. <laughs> because they just they just show a picture of it, and they're like, okay. yeah, look at these beers. Ooh, the Juicy right. Pounder, and it's like from Anchorage Brewing Company, and it's a Session IPA, and I'm like, mm, get it, and that's all you do, and you just go get it. And then it's just like, yeah, that was not this one, but it's like, yeah, that was thirty dollars. <laughs> so I got to be a little bit more careful in my yeah. um, selection process. But uh, <laughs> have you gotten any uh, delivered yet? No, it, it saves like a crate. Okay, so just to save on on shipping. So Mike, I can keep adding beers until May sixth. And then it'll ship whatever I've got. Right now, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine beers in there. Mm. Mm. And so that'll kind of fuel my, um, uh, you know, different beers. And, and to your point, that might make it a user be like, oh, did I have this yet and stuff? And yeah. it's like, well, I know yeah. I didn't because I got that from, you know, here right. and stuff. So. Right. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it, it's going to get to the point where you know we we have to kind of use that app because you know there's only so many kind of distributors in the <laughs> 10 miles that we roam i you don't know, know man so, jackie o's has got like tons of beers i just don't want each episode to be yeah jackie o's beer well no <laughs> yeah. you need to start going to brew dog man they release a new beer every ah, week you know yeah. like it's crazy that's true um, that's true you know. Uh, you, you know what the i had i had seen brew dog had i'm gonna have to look it up because it was like it was genius um it was brew dog um nanny state yeah that's yeah, the it. nanny state yep and so it's like 0.05 percent <laughs> abv uh-huh. <laughs> Like I think that's genius because it's like I want to drink, but I don't want to get I don't want to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> one one time, um, you know, back before the rich days for John, um, uh-huh. he had to. I believe he had to work, and we were at a wedding, and <laughs> he he went to the wedding, and he just brought down alcoholic beer, and I remember I was just like, why? Just drink like. Yeah. <laughs> Just drink water or something, man. Like, right, right. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, or put put water in a beer cup or bottle or something, and you know, yeah. But yeah, he said it worked for him and made him, you huh. know, not like be a. I mean, he didn't get drunk, obviously, but it was like it helped whatever mental thing that was like I want to be a part of this, but obviously yeah. still have yeah. to drive and go to work and stuff. So yeah, more power to him. That's right. Be- before he sold his company and became a, a multi-millionaire. <laughs> so, at what point should we tell John that we've, um, you know, been telling the listeners that he's super rich for the last fifteen episodes? Um, I don't know. I think we should just keep it going. <laughs> you know, 
And then like once once we have like so many followers and then he you know they they're like he's at work and and they're like hey are you rich john <laughs> people you know, st- th- people start hitting him up for money they're like yeah. so can, can i just like get like 30 bucks and yeah john's yeah. like man everybody just keeps asking me for money i don't yeah, even know why they, they keep they keep on wanting me to buy them lunch and stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right michael the 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 smoke alarm's going off you only have five seconds to get out of your house. You got to grab the most important thing. <sighs> All right. Most important thing. Besides your daughter and your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are pretty important. Um, so I pulled up my inventory checklist for the the future insurance person that needs to be like, okay, what was lost in the fire? Uh-huh. You know, I've got a... 2013 mm-hmm. September 27th so I guess it must have been a, a happy birthday present to me present right mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. got a custom Mesa Boogie head made for my my um, amp okay right so that is super custom it was built by Mesa for my guitar amp head and remember how my amp used to be a combo, and it was like 70 pounds, and it was stupid heavy and stuff. And I was like, man, because originally they did make a... So so listeners, how guitars, uh, amps generally work is you can get just the head amp, so it's literally just the amp. Or you can get a, what's called a combo, where it's the amp combined with a speaker built-in. Um, and so when I bought this uh, cabinet back in 2002, and I can tell you the exact date, it was April 30th, 2005, um, for $1,239 at Lang Music Store up in uh, Columbus, which is no longer there on Hamilton Road. Um, it was just so heavy. <laughs> and I'd had it for like, what, seven years at that point, And it was just like, man... But at the time, Mesa made a head version. But what was different about the head version, it was actually reversed. So the controls were on the bottom of the head. Uh, But for the cabinet, the controls were at the top. And so my um, thing that I got made is completely custom. Mesa made it specifically for me. They said they've done it for maybe 20 people, right? So this thing is super custom. And it's an official Mesa thing, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not on my list for top three, right? Yes, it's a cool thing that they did and stuff, but they could do it again for me, you know. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and yeah. um, but with that in mind, I think I have to go back to the very the oldest thing that I, I own, um, like that I consider that I own. You know, I might have. Yeah, my mom gave me my dinosaur blanket that I had when I was five or something, right? But uh-huh. like, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I. I, I have that folded up nicely in a yeah. uh, you know drawer somewhere, and I have the Dutch Uncle T-shirts that were made um, that had our summer tour dates on the mm. back, you know, with screen print stuff on the back. Oh yeah, um, you, you know, you know what? That's another. Oh my god, I I forgot that existed because <laughs> I had one of those. Oh yeah, yeah. I bought one of those. Oh yeah, at our at our big <laughs> big shindig for yeah, United yeah. Way, we we, yeah. we raised like three hundred and fifty bucks. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the uh, governor of Ohio wrote us a, a 
you know thank you letter or something you know it was right crazy right. times uh but but anyways I, yeah it's awesome <laughs> that you still have one of those shirts yeah um actually it's thanks to my mom because i i definitely wouldn't have kept them because right those right. shirts were like a hell like we were up the night before like ironing all these stupid shirts that yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh a quick quick side is we also had a cd release party like later that month or whatever and you know a bunch of people from school came and uh, there were some girls from Fisher Catholic that I worked with. And mm. I was like, oh, yeah, you should come to our CD release party. Now, it's not their fault, but they just assumed they could go into the music store in Lancaster and buy our CD. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, it's not that type of CD release party. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, long way of coming to my very first object that I have on my list. I I have the roughly the date that it was purchased i have uh-huh. the serial number uh-huh. it was a gift from my parents it was for christmas back in december of 1994 it is the oscar schmidt og 2m dreadnought guitar um that i still have to this day okay and um i learned on it dustin learned on it it's something that i don't play often i don't even uh-huh. really like want to play on it because it's had some damage to it Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. we had an unfortunate accident at a previous house where somebody dropped something on it and it damaged the fretboard so it's a little unplayable in in portions uh yeah it it, it's it's had a lot of love right and it would be the one thing that i think if the fire came and took everything i would just be like well obviously it's a 200 hundred dollar guitar like Oscar Schmidt was used to be like a door to door salesman guitar uh-huh. company of like, hey, uh-huh. you heard about these guitars? Here's right. one for a hundred dollars, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it, it, it's the hundred dollars the insurance company would give me would I would just be like, take that money and shove it up your ass, <laughs> like because <laughs> yeah. it, it it means nothing, you know that 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 is inconsequential to what this uh-huh. just physical object is, right? Right, because that's right. the object that kickstarted everything of like friendships, relationships, um, the thousands of girls that I wrote songs for that yeah. Dustin kept telling me stop writing songs for girls, Michael and. Hey, right, I have not right. written a song for Katie, and we've been together over ten years. So that's right. Dustin that's was right. right. <laughs> Hashtag Dustin was right. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, the guitar just kicked off so many things, and I think that uh-huh. it has to be my number one thing, even if I don't play it every single day. But mm-hmm. it is something mm-hmm. that the you know the Mary Kano um, method of like look at something and ask yourself if it brings you joy, um, and if it doesn't. You know, it's time to say thank you for your service in my life, and you 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 give it away or you you yeah, get rid of it. Yeah, the Oscars. Excuse me, the Oscar Schmidt is something that if I just pick up and hold my hands, it's it's that nostalgia injection from the video game thing, right? It's just like, oh right. yeah, I remember this. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. It, it it's got to be the number one. So um, yeah. But so I I have a question for you. Have you ever th- you, so you said it kind of got damaged? Have you ever tr- thought thought about like trying to restore it? Like yeah, to its so old glory, so uh, to speak. I, like I, re- refret it. You know, like it, all it, of those things. Yeah. So it's kind of funny, right? Because I for years worked for Stuart McDonald, um, and I still work for them in a, in some capacity now. 
and their whole thing is they are a providing tools to fix and maintain guitars for guitarists, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Gibson buys tools from them. Fender buys tools from them. Right, uh, right. Dan Earlywine is literally like the go-to person when <laughs> someone needs a hundred-year-old guitar fixed. Yeah. something happens. It's funny because I so I just randomly get these like videos like recommended videos on on YouTube pop up and it was actually a video from uh, Stu McDonald and it was them doing Willie Nelson's guitar Mm -hmm. and Willie Nelson's guitar has a giant freaking hole (laughs) in it. (laughs) And and, and that's a good example, right, is because um, I'll share this video is is. Willie Nelson's guitar repairman is Mark Irwin, <clears throat> who is actually, I think, a cousin of Dan, um, who okay. works for Stumac. He's out uh-huh. of Austin, uh, a Marcus. And you see Willie Nelson's guitar, and it's just ridiculous, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it has this giant yeah. hole and stuff. But it still needs work done to it because Willie Nelson refuses to use any other guitar, right? And he wants to maintain that guitar because that hole formed because he just played so much and he doesn't want it to keep forming and getting bigger and bigger and bigger because then there'll be nothing there, right? So his luthier's job is literally just to maintain the shittiness of the current state of Willie Nelson's guitar, right? Like, <laughs> And it's just this wild thought process. And so my, my guitar is kind of that way. I, I wouldn't... If I was a touring musician, I would not be bringing the Oscar Schmidt and playing it on the road and stuff like that. I think if I was and I was using it for recording and everything, um, I would pay a luthier to, to fix the the fretboard and you know fix some of the, the the headstock issues and stuff. But but it's also kind of funny because I even brought it up once to someone at Stu Mac and they were like, "But it's like an Oscar Schmidt," and I was like, "I know, but it's like." <laughs> You know, because you could go buy a brand new one for 150 bucks, right? Um, it, you know, it would cost at minimum 150 just to do like refretting and like some adjustment stuff, right? They're like, you really want to put that money into it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, you know. <laughs> and, and it's kind of wild because right. I feel like the guitar itself has all these weird things happening to it. The, the pick guard um, is like doing this weird bubble thing. And I asked somebody, and they're like, I've never seen that before. And I was like, well, let's make a video about it and explore what the heck's going on with this (laughs) 25-year-old Oscar Schmidt, you know? Uh Uh (laughs) So, no, I would not Uh probably get it fixed because each thing on it just kind of adds to the memory of it. Um, Uh I almost want to make an infographic of the picture of the guitar and be like... This thing happened at a party in 1997, right? Uh, this this thing happened here at Katie's house when we first moved in, and uh, one of the people, the guests that she had, had knocked over a thing, and I had the guitar out and yeah, it hit yeah. the thing and, and did this thing, and you know, and then I'd have a little bubble that my dad is there being like, "Well, that's why you should have had it in the case," you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. I think it's time for your number one. All right. So kind of along the same lines, 
as far as what your number one is, is it's an instrument, but it's not the instrument that you think it will be. Cause like, if you've listened to previous episodes, you, you know that I've been playing bass since 2000. So you might think like, Oh, well it's going to be his first bass, you know, like all of the, all of these things. But I would have to say, so my wife and I, Melissa, we had gone to Hawaii for our honeymoon. And I remember flying out there and the the one thing that I wanted to, to bring back with me, like above all else, like I, I premeditated this before I we we even stepped foot on the plane, is I wanted a genuine Hawaiian main ukulele. And one thing that people might not realize is if you go into like gift shops and, and like, you know, hotel gift shops or airport gift shops, like, yeah, you might be in Hawaii, but those products are made in China and they're imported into Hawaii. They're a ukulele made in China, Mm -hmm. imported into, into Hawaii. So I wanted a genuine, uh, Maui Hawaiian made ukulele. So on one of our days that we kind of did our excursion, we went into the town, um, and I believe it's Waleku, Waleku, um, in Maui, and there was a a local Maui um, ukulele place, and it's called Mili Ukulele, and I'll I'll have the link in the the description. So I remember like pulling up to this little place and it was just like this little house. And I remember there was like this really old guy on the front porch of this house, like just playing ukulele. And like we walk in and it, it it's just like a single room. It, it's it's this tiny little music shop and there's u- ukuleles hanging on the wall and I just remember feeling, you know, and I'm a musician, quote unquote, you know, I've been in a band, I, I know things, and I just remember feeling completely out of my element. Like, I didn't know what I was doing or looking for or anything. And so I remember, like, talking to the guy, and I, I you know, kind of was kind of you know i said i play bass i'm looking for you know something that i can bring back and so he he had suggested a few different ones and um so i ended up picking it up and you know taking a you know taking it back with me but but i i think why it holds so much sentimental value is not only does it represent a extremely happy point in my life but it also represents a trip that will never be recreated like that honeymoon trip will never like we could go back to Maui but that that level that time in our life like not like none of that's going to exist again and so I feel like that ukulele is kind of uh, a kind of timepiece of a point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, I, I've learned how to play a few things on it. I, I really should learn more. Um, but you know, if, if anything, I just, that I think would crush me more than anything, just like losing that because in a way I would feel like I would almost lose that portion of, you know, of my life. Mm -hmm. Kevin, you ready for another? 